Hi, I'm Rumbi, and I'm just a normal Christian girl doing what she loves to do, and that's speaking about Jesus. Welcome to my podcast. A space where we motivate, encourage, and help each other walk boldly in our journeys with God. Each week, we discuss lessons from the Bible, relevant topics, and much more. So grab your Bible, bring your coffee and pens, and let's dive straight into today's episode. I'm your host, Rumbi Tsachimisa, and welcome to Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. It's literally been such a long time since I've last posted. I think it's been about four to five weeks, and I'm really sorry Life has just been a bit busy and a bit hectic on this side of the earth, but I'm back and I'm super pumped up, super excited, as always, to get into this episode. Guys, I'm literally recording this episode in the dark right now, so it's literally just me, my microphone, my laptop, my Bible, my God, no electricity, because I have load shedding. So I live in South Africa and if you live in South Africa or any African country for that matter, I think you should know what load shedding is. But if you don't know what it is, basically a quick summary is that it's basically where they cut off an area's electricity for a specific amount of time and every area has its turns just to reduce their electricity consumption but I am surprisingly liking recording in the dark and I think this is gonna be how I do things from now on but anyways happy Easter I'm recording this episode on Resurrection Sunday so the 17th of April and I just wanted to encourage all of you if you haven't yet to read through the whole story of Jesus' death and resurrection. I'm talking the whole thing starting from the Last Supper until he rose from the dead. And I think you can read that story in all four Gospels. I know in the book of Mark it's from chapters 14 to 16. And even though by the time you're listening to this episode, Easter will be over, just spend some time in the Word, spend some time thinking about the story, even if you know how the story ends, or even if you've read the story before, just read it again and remind yourself of what Jesus did for you. Remind yourself what Jesus did for the world, because I think sometimes it's easy to forget Or even, you know, just live our lives as if nothing happened. Or, you know, not realize the importance or magnitude of what actually took place. Because guys, we were on our way to hell. Hell is the last place you want to be in. Hell is a place of everlasting fire. It's a place of eternal suffering. It's a place where God is not, right? And a place where there's no God is the last place you want to be. And you know, the Bible and God constantly warns us about hell. And if God warns you about something, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, you know, we shouldn't take it lightly. 
But because God loved you so much, because God loved me, because God loved the world, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and he rose the third day, hallelujah, so that we could have a relationship with God and one day be able to spend eternity in him. You know, even though we rejected God first, even though we didn't love God, First, he did not reject us and he continued to love us. And so read the story and remind yourself of what Jesus did for you. Remind yourself of how much he loves you. In this episode, I'm going to be reading some of the story, but I'm not going to be focusing on Jesus and what he did. Even though what he did was really amazing, I want to focus on another character. And this is one of Jesus' disciples, Peter. I think that we can all learn something from this character because he reached a point in his life where we will all, some way or another, find ourselves in as well. And, you know, as this episode progresses, you will soon realize what I mean. So get comfy, grab some snacks, some caramel popcorn, some peanut M&M's, If you're walking, slow your pace down, relax, and let's get into the Bible. So, I'm kind of going to be all over the place. I'm going to be reading in the book of Luke first, and then I'm going to go to the book of Mark, and then back to Luke, and then back to Mark, and then somehow we're going to end up in the book of John. It's the same story, but the different books give different details, which are very important. So as I said, we're going to be looking at Peter. And if you read Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11, you will read about the time where Jesus first called Peter. Before Peter was a disciple, he was a fisherman. So Jesus was preaching the word of God to the people on top of Simon's boats. So before his name was Peter, his name was originally Simon. And after Jesus was done preaching, he tells Simon, or Peter, to put his boats in the deep water and let the nets down to catch some fish. Now, prior to this, he had been fishing all night and he had not caught anything. And so he agrees to do this. But just picture this, this moment in your head for a sec. Jesus was a carpenter, so imagine someone you just met telling you how to do a job that is your livelihood. I mean, you're a professional in it, and this person, you know, isn't even a fisherman himself. He's a carpenter, but regardless, Peter agrees to do it, and after doing what Jesus told him to do, He catches a large number of fish, and even if you read the story, it says that their nets began to break. And so, you know, after seeing this, Peter falls on his feet and says, Get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus said to him, Follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And they literally dropped their nets They left everything and they follow him. And so I want to park here for a quick sec. 
Because, guys, I find this so remarkable. Firstly, they didn't make excuses or tell Jesus a bunch of reasons why they couldn't follow him. Like, you know, Lord, the timing isn't right or I'm busy trying to make a living. You know, we use a busyness excuse a lot on God these days. Or, you know, Lord, I'm struggling with so much sin or my life isn't perfect. No, they immediately followed him. Guys, let me tell you something. There's no such thing as the perfect timing when it comes to following Jesus. You know, some people say, you know, Lord, I can't follow you because, you know, the timing isn't right. But there's literally no such thing. Every day is a new opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Every day is a new chance to live your life for him, to follow him. And Jesus does not say, fix your life or stop sinning and then come follow me. No, he says, you, come, follow me. And as you begin to follow Jesus and develop a relationship with him, he will help you deal with your mess and your ach and your sin and he will transform you and your life for the better. And secondly, Peter and the other disciples, they left their jobs, their place of comfort, their families. They left what they knew and they followed Jesus. I mean, the faith, right? High levels of sacrifice must have required high levels of faith. And they only just made Jesus. And so the question is, Rumbi, what are you willing to give up to follow Jesus? And that just shows, guys, that when we follow Jesus, when we choose to follow him, we're going to have to leave some things behind. We're going to have to sacrifice some things. And even though in the moment it might seem painful and hard and we might miss those things along the journey, I mean, I can only imagine these disciples as they were traveling with Jesus for three years. They must have missed their old ways of living. But we shouldn't forget that the things we'll have to sacrifice, the things we'll have to leave behind, the sin we'll have to stop doing, the things that might not necessarily be a sin, but are slowing us down in our journey of faith, the things we'll have to give up, although in the moment and maybe um, along the journey it may be hard, but we shouldn't forget that it's nothing compared to what Jesus has in store for us as we journey with him, as we develop our relationship with him. What Jesus has in store for us in this life, but also the life to come in heaven with God. So guys, Peter was not like the other disciples. As Jesus was traveling with his disciples, Peter was the one who had the courage and faith to say to Jesus, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come on the water with you. Peter was a disciple who walked on water with Jesus. 
Peter was the disciple who had a revelation of who Jesus actually was. If you read Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 to 20, Jesus asks his disciples, Who do other people think I am? They said, Some say you're John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah. But when Jesus asks him personally, Who do you say I am? The only person who had the courage to say something, the only person who said something was Peter. He said to Jesus, You are the Messiah the son of the living God. And then Jesus goes on to say to him, and I just want to read that. Um, this is Matthew 16, verses 70 to 20. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of all the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bind in heaven. And whatever you loose in earth will be loosed in heaven. And guys, if you continue to read some of the books in the New Testament, you'll read about how Peter goes on to do amazing things for the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you guys, but I am glad that God used someone like Peter. Because Peter was not perfect. Even in the beginning when Jesus first called Peter, he said to Jesus, get away from me for I am a sinful man. And so, you know, even Peter knew he was sinful. But the fact that Jesus used a sinful and unqualified man to do such amazing things for his kingdom gives me hope. It, it really does. Because many times we believe that we have to be the best, that we have to be perfect, that, you know, our lives need to be in check and we have to have it going on in order for God to use us. But there's this quote that I absolutely love and I don't know who it's by, but it says, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And so you get Peter, a man who is not perfect, a man who has his own personal problems. And if we judged by the world standards, we would look at this man and be like, nope, take him off the list. But God, thankfully, doesn't do things the way we do things. God doesn't look for the smartest or the prettiest or people who are best at what they do. I mean, if that's you, great. But God doesn't look for those type of things. God looks for people who are willing. People who will make themselves available to him. People who have willing hearts. And so you have Peter, right? Someone who drops everything and follows Jesus. Someone who is willing to be used by Jesus. Someone who makes themselves available to Jesus. And even though in the moment he's unqualified and he's still battling with some issues, he's weak in some areas, God uses him. And along the way, God equips him and qualifies him 
along the way. And you know, even if you think about other stories in the Bible, like David and Goliath, according to the world standards, David was not even close to be qualified to fight Goliath. But God chose him anyway. God used him anyway. Why? So at the end of the day, we do not boast in ourselves. We're not like, oh, look at me. Look how shiny I am. Look, I got myself to where I am. But no, look at my God. Look at how great my God is. Look at where he got me today. And so all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise goes to God. And so now I want to fast forward and focus on the time where Jesus was about to be crucified. And I want to go to Mark chapter 14. So in verses 12 to 26, this is the Last Supper, which is the final meal that Jesus shares with his disciples. And after Jesus takes communion with his disciples, he tells Peter that he will deny Jesus. And, you know, obviously Peter's first reaction is, no, I will, I will never, ever do that. And so I want to read that. So that's Mark chapter 14, verses 29 to 31. And it says, Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself would have owned me three times. But Peter insisted empathetically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same thing. So clearly, Peter was not happy that Jesus was saying this. And I'm sure that in his head, he was like wishing that Jesus was wrong. But, you know, Jesus wasn't wrong if you know the story. And if you read verses 66 to 72, this is the part where Peter disowns Jesus. And I want to read that. So Mark chapter 14, verses 66 to 72. While Peter was in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. When she saw him warming himself, she looked closely at him. You're also with the Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing there, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you're one of them, for you're a Galilean. He began to call down curses and swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. So Peter denies Jesus three times and you know just to make sure people know that he's not one of them he spits out a few curse and swear words. Now guys Peter he wasn't even denying Jesus 
to someone who had the authority to do something about it. No, as the verse we just read said, he was denying it to a servant girl. And so he must have been scared in the moment of what would happen to him if he associated with Jesus. Because even before this, Peter had just witnessed Jesus being spat on, being blindfolded, beaten and taken by the gods. And also, a few verses before Peter denied Jesus, they took Jesus to the high priests and the chief priests and all those fancy people and they were trying to look for evidence against Jesus so they could arrest him and put him to death. But they couldn't find any. And many people testified falsely against Jesus, but their statements did not match. It was only until Jesus said he was the son of God, which is true, that they call it blasphemy and they decided to put him to death. So guys, think about it. If they can find faults and crucify someone who performed miracles, someone who showed love and helped so many people, someone who is perfect, then how much more can they do to someone who is not perfect, someone who is sinful? And so, you know, I understand why Peter did what he did in the moment. But denying Jesus is a very big deal. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 10, verses 32 to 33, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. 2 Timothy 2 verses 11 to 12. Here is a trustworthy saying, If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. So guys, denying Jesus is a very, 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 very big issue. And, you know, Peter had a strong relationship with Jesus. And if you read the same part of the story in Luke, um, so Luke 22, verses 61 to 62, and this is um after... Peter had denied Jesus. It says, The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So Peter reached a point in his life where he messed up. You know, he thought that he had the strength. He thought that he was not going to deny Jesus, but in the moment, in a moment of difficulty, he failed. And how many of us find ourselves in the same position as Peter? Maybe not the same situation, but in the same mindset. We mess up, we blow things big time, we fail, we turn away from God. We get so lost that we've reached a point where we don't even know where we're going anymore. In the book of Luke, before Jesus tells Peter that he will disown him, 
he says this to Peter. And this is chapter 22, verses 31 to 32. And he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Not that you will not fail. You see, guys, God knows that somewhere along the journey, somewhere along the way, we're going to blow it. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. You know, we want this whole Christian journey to be perfect. We don't make mistakes at all. But guys, somewhere along the journey, we're going to mess up. And where we don't make room for our mistakes, God does. And so, not that you will not fail, but that your faith in the midst of your failure will not fail. Because guys, what do we do when we, when we fail? What do we do when we blow it? You know, as people, we have this habit of turning away from God. We think that God's mad at us. We think that he's changed his mind about us. We stop going to church we stop reading our Bibles, we stop praying because we feel so much guilt and shame. And I've said this on my podcast before, but one of the things I love about God, well, I love everything about God, but one of the things that really stands out to me about his character is that God is all-knowing. He knows everything about you and I. You are not a mistake. Before God created you, he knew every little, small detail about you. He knew all the things you would do with your life. He knew all the highlights of your life, all your achievements, all your accomplishments. But he also knew all the smelly, icky, ugly, bad stuff as well. He knew all the sins you would commit you know, as people, the sins we feel as if no one knows about, God knows about it. He knew all the times we would mess up, all the times we would get lost, all the times we would fail. But with knowing all that, he still loves you. God's love for you has not changed. He still died for you. He has not regretted that. He never will. He still redeemed you, he still called you, he still purposed you, he still destined you. Guys, even in the midst of your failure, even in the midst of your mess, God has not changed his mind about you. And so, the question is now, do you have the faith to believe that God can still redeem you? That his grace is more than sufficient? Do you have the faith to believe that even though you messed up, God can still use you? Do you have the faith to believe that even though you turned away from God and turned to sin, God still loves you, God's love for you has not changed, and he can get you back on track and where you need to be? Guys, I pray that your faith in the midst of your failure will not fail. So if we press the forward button a bit, and if we um, fast forward, Jesus was crucified on the cross, 
buried in a tomb. And in Mark chapter 16, this is a part where Jesus rose from the dead. After Jesus was buried, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Shalom, went to go visit Jesus. And I want to read um, that. So Mark chapter 16 verses 4 to 7, it says, But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen, amen. He is not here. See the place where you laid him. Now this is the uh, this is the important part. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you in Galilee. There you see him just as he has told you. Go tell his disciples and Peter. You see, Peter probably thought that because he messed up big time, Jesus probably wanted nothing to do with him or he wasn't invited anymore. But just because Peter messed up, Jesus did not stop loving him. Jesus wasn't angry at Peter. Even though Peter denied and rejected Jesus, Jesus did not deny and reject Peter. And so after Jesus has risen from the dead, he appears to his disciples in John chapter 21 by the Sea of Galilee. And Peter went out to fish and his disciples joined him. And a stranger tells them to throw their nets on the other side of the boat and find some fish. And when they do what the stranger tells them to do, they were literally unable to hold their nets in because they had caught a large number of fish. And in this moment, one of the disciples, John, soon realizes that this is Jesus. And so they all have breakfast together. And then Jesus turns to Peter and says something to him. And I want to read that. So John chapter 21 verses 15 to 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I do. Okay, so let's deal with this. Let's move on. Continue to do the work I called you to do. Go feed my sheep. Go take care of my sheep. Don't let your past mistakes keep you from doing what I called you to do. And guys, in this moment, Jesus publicly reinstates and restores Peter. 
you know, no matter how lost Peter was, no matter how far he'd been from God, no matter what he did in the past, Jesus was able to get him back on track. Guys, the message I want to leave with you today, the message I really want you to take from this episode, is that no matter how lost you are, no matter how far you are from God, no matter how broken you are, no matter how much you've messed up, God still loves you. God still cares about you. God has not changed his mind about the plan he has over your life. And God, he can get you back on track and where you need to be. In this life on earth, sometimes we're going to mess up. Sometimes we're going to fail. And when that happens, do not run or hide from God, but rather draw near to Him. Allow Him to help you through it. Allow Him to help you deal and process some stuff. Don't let your past or your past failures or mistakes discourage you or define your future. No, repent. Go to God. Lean on God. Learn from your mistakes and move forward. So guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope that you learned something or that you can at least take something small from this episode. This is definitely a lesson I've had to learn myself. And this is definitely one of those episodes I'm just going to be replaying over and over again just to remind myself of some important things. I encourage you again to read over the whole story of Jesus' death and resurrection and then spend some time in prayer and just thank God for dying on the cross for your sins and rising again on the third day. Guys, I hope that you have an amazing week with God. Remember and never forget that God is with you. God is for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's got your back. And he loves you. Peace.